When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, two major topics today, both related, of course. One is that we will look back at the two joint practices with the New Orleans Saints and share some of our observations. And then we will look ahead to the preseason game against the New Orleans Saints, which which is slated for Friday night, 7 p.m. kickoff at Lambeau Field, the only home preseason game for the Packers in 2022. Turning the clock back to the last couple of days, the two joint practices at Nitschke Field, Packers and Saints, What's the, I guess, the first thing that comes to your mind when you think back at those two workouts? <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was really There was good. only one minor little... Only one scuffle? Scuffle, yes. Scuffle uh, would be the correct, ter- would, be, would be an appropriate Eric term. Eric Stokes and, you know, Jarvis Landry just getting into it a little bit. But no, it wasn't, nobody was throwing punches at helmets or anything no, like that. No, 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 no. Uh, no, really competitive two days, and obviously, and, and I talked with our, our friends over with the NewOrleansSaints.com website, it really was a matter of defense, sort of controlling the tempo on both sides of the field. And yeah. Some of that's to be expected. Both of these offenses are going through transitions, and, and you know, right now the Saints don't have Jameis Winston. He's still been held out. And then obviously on the Packers side of things, uh, they're trying to find their way here offensively with these new receivers and a different structure. So... What I was most encouraged by over these two practices is everything we've seen from the Packers defense in the dominance and in moments of really uh, just being able to control the tempo that that translated against the Saints. Yeah. Uh, and Mike, I, I don't know if this is the third time, right? We've had joint practices during yes. my time here. Yep. Third time in four years. I don't know if I recalled a moment where the Packers consistently down after down were pressuring the quarterback the way they did in this practice. I don't think it really would have mattered if Jameis Winston was back there or not. The Packers were getting home, and it wasn't just Rashawn Gary or Preston Smith or Kenny Clark. You saw Kobe Jones. You saw Kingsley Enigbare. You saw everybody being able to pressure. The, they, the Saints had a real difficult time with some of the double-A gap blitzes and some of the looks that they gave with the cornerbacks. This was really the type of 
performance you wanted to see from Green Bay's defense after having a lot of success through the first two and a half weeks of camp? Yeah, and I had mentioned with regard to the defense when we were previewing the joint practices that I was interested to see that cornerback trio that we didn't really see on the field at all last year, of course, talking about Alexander Douglas and Stokes. And, uh, and yes, the, what the defense was doing up front was impressive. There's no doubt about it. But this defense in the back end, as far as covering uh, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, the rookie out of Ohio State. Now, I mean, they made some catches here and yeah, there. Let's let's sure. not, you know, th- this was not literally complete and total shutdown, like inability to move the ball. But there's a 100-yard football field, and defenses get a lot of territory to defend, and offenses need to put something together, sustain some kind of rhythm and some consistency with moving the ball. And it the Saints really weren't able to do that against the Packers' number one defense, and it was the combination of what those guys were doing up front with uh, with the pressure on the quarterback. Um, I only saw maybe over the course of the couple of days one or two runs leak out. Otherwise, it seemed that the run defense was, was holding up pretty well. And then those guys in the back end, even without Darnell Savage with the ones, with, with Vernon Scott, that, that secondary just doesn't give – receivers a whole heck of a lot of space and and uh yeah there are going to be quarterbacks who can hit those pinpoint throws but the windows to me when I was watching the defense the throwing windows for Andy Dalton were awfully tight they really were and it, it was funny too because well one the Jair Alexander Michael Thomas matchup that we talked so much about we got a chance to see some of that uh, but ultimately, the way that the Saints moved Thomas around, he saw a lot of Rasul Douglas, too. I mean, yeah. Eric Stokes. I mean, there was it wasn't just specific players matching up against specific guys in man-to-man coverage. There, It was a really, I don't want to say exotic because it wasn't that far, but both of these teams were pretty much opened things up a little bit. They showed more looks. Remember the one of the big criticisms Aaron Rodgers had with the first joint practice against the Texans a few years ago was, it was basically a glorified preseason game. The Texans weren't really giving them their playbook. They were doing things that you really wouldn't do uh, if you're actually trying to practice and, and refine some stuff. I felt like the Saints and the Packers both did that, and that's a credit to Matt LaFleur and Dennis Allen and in seeing a lot of these guys step up. And, you know, even, you know, you talk about the cornerbacks, but even look at a guy like Vernon Scott, like how valuable these last two days have been. A guy that oh, no question. didn't play really at all last season. And then suddenly he's the every down safety with the number one defense lining up next to Adrian Amos. So, you know, Quay Walker's getting his first big run being inside with uh, Devondre Campbell, a guy that he probably won't play with in the preseason at all. So, again, by and large, was really happy with the defensive work. Offensively, there were some things to clean up. But, but certainly, uh, I felt like coming out of this thing, this was probably the most productive joint practice session they've had so far. Yeah, I would agree in terms of the, the three different years we've seen this, the Texans, the Jets last year, and the Saints. I, I, thought, uh, I thought this was, this was the, the best. It was the most competitive work where it, you know, guys were playing clean. There wasn't, there wasn't uh, you know, the extracurricular yeah. you know, activity, and, that, that kind of thing. And God bless the Jets, but, I mean, those were two teams going in very different directions oh, yeah. in terms of their seasons. I mean, I don't yeah. think the Jets were any, under any disillusions that they were going to be a Super Bowl team. The Saints have those kind of aspirations. So uh, watching those units work has really been impressive. Yeah, well, the big story on the offensive side of the ball, of course, for the Packers was um, – Aaron Rodgers, when he spoke at his locker following the first of the two joint practices on Tuesday, 
Um, he sort of let his offensive unit have it a little bit in terms of uh, the sloppiness, the pre-snap penalties, mental mistakes and things. And, and uh, um, it was in part directed at the whole unit, but there were also parts of his comments uh, directed specifically at the young receivers in which he was talking about, uh, you know, wrong routes. Um, obviously, there were, you know, some drop passes in there. It was a very uneven two days really for the Packers offensively against the Saints defense. But I think we saw after Rogers' comments following the first practice, we saw a little bit more sharpness. We saw some more plays from those young guys in the second practice. They, uh, we then also found out there was a meeting that morning um, that was conducted with the quarterbacks and the receivers, um, veterans and young guys all alike, you know, all getting together. Um, a sign of just how dissatisfied everybody was with how things went offensively on Tuesday. And then we saw on Wednesday, we saw Romeo Dobbs, Samori Toure, um, Amari Rogers. We saw the young guys who you know, not, were not necessarily mentioned by name by Aaron yeah. Rodgers, but we saw those young guys respond. Now, of course, you want to see them carry that over now and respond also in the game on Friday night. But, uh, but it's just another... Um, reminder, I guess, of how how much of a work in progress things are with this receiving core because uh, because Aaron Rodgers knows he's got Al Mazard and Randall Cobb and he's doing everything he can to get Sammy Watkins up to speed. And I want to talk a little bit more about Watkins in a minute. Um, but Rodgers said the time is running out on the young guys in terms of the regular season is right around the corner here. We've got to get things cleaned up. You know, from Rodgers' point of view, there uh, um, things need to get sharpened up and uh and we saw a response and now we'll see how they respond through the rest of training camp from here mike it transport it transported me back to 2016 <laughs> when i started at packers.com and you pulled me into an office that neither <laughs> of us have and and kind of laid it into me a little bit and told me hod it's just not clean enough this copy is not clean enough <laughs> no, but I, I, what I enjoyed the most about, I hope you appreciated that. Uh, what I, what I liked the most about what Rogers did was he's talked about it time and time again. He even mentioned again this week, Alan Lazard, that's his, his wide receiver one right now. You know, he mentioned Randall Cobb is like a preeminent slot receiver in this league. One of the most proven slot receivers in this league And Sammy Watkins, number four overall pick a number of years ago has seen a lot of footballs, won some Super Bowl. Th these guys get it. If he didn't want the young guys to succeed, if he didn't want them to be a factor this season, he wouldn't care. Yeah. He wouldn't be pulling these guys together. He wouldn't be, you know, saying things. He mentioned this at the beginning of the camp. If I'm not saying anything to you, that's a bad sign. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not actually talking to you at all. Right. Because Rodgers does get it. Lazard, Cobb, and Watkins, those are the one, two, three right now. Nobody's dis discounting that. They're actually even on the preseason program cover if you pick one up on Friday night. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, one of those guys might get hurt. You're going to need the rookies to step up. You might see the rookies in there for a handful of plays at the beginning of the season, and Rodgers wants them to be ready. And for everything that didn't go great on Tuesday, and it was not a great offensive performance for the Packers on Tuesday, Wednesday was a step in the right direction. They are going up against a very tough, very veteran defense in the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. But they won more in the areas that I think Aaron Rodgers wants them to win. There was more preciseness with the routes. There were fewer penalties at the line of scrimmage, procedural penalties. Matt LaFleur saying that he counted up seven in that first practice. And then honestly, 
it wasn't Rodgers on the field, but when they're in the two-minute and Jordan Love airs it out there for Samori Toure, probably one of the best balls that Jordan Love has thrown yet in a Green Bay Packers uniform. That was a pretty pass. Toure caught it in stride, and not just making the touchdown, but because of the game situation, them needing to get the two-point conversion to win, he has to come right back, and despite kind of having his hands wrapped up by the defensive back, he still catches the two-point conversion. Those are the small things that need to happen because this if you're not doing this in these settings, you're not going to be able to do them on Sundays in September. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Yeah, it was it was a good sign to see those those young guys respond, make some more plays on uh, on Wednesday and you know, sort of reset the course, hopefully, for uh, for where the group is set. I thought in terms of um, strictly the starters, the number one offense, to me, the most encouraging thing that I saw, and again, what was what was a very up-and-down couple of practices because that is, a, that is a darn good Saints defense and the Packers weren't entirely sharp. But those two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, I thought were the best days that we've seen from Sammy Watkins since uh, since he put on a Packers uniform. Watkins himself said, you know, uh, he wasn't so crazy about Wednesday. You know, Tuesday was definitely his best day. But in terms of putting together those practices back-to-back uh, uh, against another opponent, Watkins talked at his locker quite a bit. I have a story up on, on Packers.com right now for anyone who wants to check it out. He's being very as a veteran receiver being very demanding and exacting of himself to try to learn all of the the checks and the adjustments and the nuances and everything of the way Aaron Rodgers wants to run this offense um Sammy Watkins is being is being absolutely meticulous with it now he has an opportunity to do that because he's not swimming in the playbook as much as a rookie is right learning an NFL playbook for the first time and this is a transition that Watkins has gone through before he's joined the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes last year it was the Ravens and Lamar Jackson you're talking about other MVP quarterbacks but even Watkins said you know Aaron Rodgers 18th season 15th as a starter four MVPs on the shelf this is a guy who is who is very demanding and exacting of himself and his teammates and Watkins wants to match that in terms of uh, in terms of how he goes about it to get on the same page with his quarterback. What we saw the last two days, it's coming, right? Yeah. We can see we can see the progress. We can see Watkins getting there, but he was also very careful to say, "I'm not there yet. I'm I still need to push. I still need to tell myself that I'm not all the way there mentally, because when it comes down to a crucial situation in a two-minute drill and a third down and whatever, 
I have to be out there not thinking about what I'm doing. I have to know exactly what to do and exactly what Aaron Rodgers wants me to do. That's where Sammy Watkins wants to get to. Mike, and, and when I think about everything Watkins said, it was funny to me because people just, we do all these press conferences, right? We do these interviews and you see these media huddles on Packers.com and everywhere else. And guys talk and they'll talk for 10, 15 minutes. And you never really know, you know what topics are going to come up. But I saw a direct parallel between Watkins was saying on Wednesday to what he said a few months ago yep. when he discussed how important this opportunity was to him. When he talked about this, his back being up against the wall, he doesn't want to waste time here. He knows that opportunity is not available to him. He's been with Baltimore. He's you know, had the Super Bowl run with Kansas City. But ultimately, individually, he still has a lot to prove to himself. And if he's not ready for this thing off the bat, it's going to put him behind because the Packers do have a lot of young guys that they're excited about. He wants to go out there and show that there's a reason why you brought Sammy Watkins in here, and I'm going to be able to be a veteran that not only comes in and contributes, but immediately earns that trust of Aaron Rodgers. Because as much as we talk about the rookies, veterans coming in, while they have seen a lot of football, and he's played with a lot of great quarterbacks, this is a different new quarterback that has to get familiar with him. So the accountability side of it, and I heard this about Watkins before he even got here and the way he carries himself, it's there. This guy's a professional, yeah. and he's not going to back down from that. And to be honest with you, when I was watching him in that Tuesday practice, especially when I was seeing the offense a little bit more, he was one of the better players on the field that day. He was making the plays that you want to see Sammy Watkins, the ninth-year veteran, the former fourth overall pick, make. Yeah. And, and I think that's the most exciting thing. Nobody is asking Sammy Watkins to be a 2,000-yard receiver this year. They're asking him to be the best version of himself to help this offense get through this inter interim area where they don't have a Devontae Adams. And I think Watkins is definitely up to that challenge. Yeah, I think he is too. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has expressed his confidence that Watkins is up to the challenge. Matt LaFleur has said so. We know Jason Vrabel, who worked with him in Buffalo, has that, uh, has that level of confidence in him as well. And I just thought it was interesting that, that – even after, you know, really his two best days as far as back-to-back -back that we've seen on the practice field so far from Sammy Watkins, the first thing he was saying at his locker is, I'm not there yet. Yeah. This, is not, this is not like, hey, I've arrived. I've got this all figured out now. I've been through this transition before. You know, we're good to go. That's not where, that, that's not where he is in terms of uh, how he assesses his own situation. He's going to keep pushing. He's going to keep driving. He wants to get to the Randall Cobb level as soon as possible. Now that's going to be impossible, quite frankly, right? It's that, that that's an impossible task, an impossible standard for somebody to meet in their first year with Aaron Rodgers. But that's what he's going for. He wants Aaron Rodgers to feel about him the way Rodgers feels about Cobb and Lazard in this offense. Absolutely. And and for me personally, I'll just put it out there. If Sammy Watkins stays healthy, you can timestamp this 8-18-2022. If, if Watkins stays healthy throughout the course of the year, he's going to win the Packers a game or two by himself. I mean, he's done it a couple times in regular season openers over the course of his career already. Yeah, He's that type of receiver. And I really think, Mike, in an offense where they're going to spread people out and they're going to make these running backs think, Every time Sammy Watkins has been in a situation where he can have one-on-one -on -one opportunities, the guys thrived in those offenses. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. I, it's, it's exciting to see exactly where this can, uh, where this can go. I want to 
turn our attention to Friday night's preseason game, but first, some sponsor business, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. Preseason game number two. Friday night, 7 p.m. Central kickoff at Lambeau Field. Now, we haven't heard anything definitively, but my expectation is that the vast majority of the Packers starters are going to be sitting, uh, much as they were last Friday night out in San Francisco. This is going to be the um, uh, the two the twos and the threes, probably for probably for both teams. We'll see what the Saints decide to do. I have absolutely no idea what their plans are. But I think when when we look at this, and whether you're talking about Jordan Love or other guys, you look at you look at a second preseason game now for the for these young players. It's about it's about looking at the guys who had their moments, right? Yeah. Um, who made an impression, made an impact in that first preseason game, and can they do it again? Um, Jordan Love obviously has some things with uh, with the accuracy of his his throws. He'd like to clean up. The receiving core has some things that that they need to clean up for Jordan Love and and catch the passes that that are that are catchable and keep the chains moving and keep their young quarterback in a rhythm. For me, when it comes to looking at those impact guys from San Francisco last Friday night who are looking to to you know proving that they can do it again, that they can have that kind of impact in the game again. Two guys stand out to me, Wes, and it's one on either side of the ball. On offense, it's Amari Rodgers, and on defense, it's Kingsley Enigbari. And I'll start with Rodgers because we saw the early in the San Francisco game, the 50-yard kickoff return, nice moment for the special teams there. Then late in the game, he catches the pass in the flat from Danny Etling, makes a nice move up the sideline, 22-yard touchdown. A um, couple of big moments there for Amari Rodgers. Can he make that kind of impact again? I think that's what we're all waiting to see. I think the most exciting thing when I watched that game against the 49ers was it was sort of the the precursor to me, the idea in my head of this is what Amari Rodgers could do. And when the Packers are at their best underneath Matt LaFleur, as cool as it is to have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, ultimately I think a lot of their best success has come from is when guys fill a role and really thrive in that role. Um, it was one of the things I talked about with Josiah DeGuar out of the gate. Nobody was asking DeGuar to be a 700-yard tight end, but he has a role in his body type that he's going to fit that really nobody else on this roster was going to be able to replicate. That's Amari Rogers to me. He had the 50-yard return. And, Mike, can you tell what that meant to the Packers to be able to break <laughs> that return? That side, that sideline was going crazy. The, uh, well, first off, you know, Rogers stands up. I mean, you can tell that was one year of just weight off of his shoulders of, I, I can do this at this level. We yeah. can do this as a unit. We yeah. can break a big return here. We can create opportunities for ourselves. And then seeing somebody like Rashawn Gary come and completely face plant the kid, <laughs> it, it, it was the entire, it was an uplifting, rejuvenating moment for yeah. I think these special teams, a special teams unit that is desperately looking for wins right now. A lot of these guys that are going to be on this team. There's going to be some turnover, but there's going to be plenty of guys like Rodgers on this squad that were part of last season and want to wash last season from their brain. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. But even with the 22-yard touchdown, that was an instance where 
Amari really made the necessary corrections. He he saw what was happening. He saw the blitz was coming from the slot. And he knew he was probably going to be the hot read in that instance. And once he got the ball in his hands, he made someone miss. I don't know if Amari Rodgers at 216 pounds makes that guy miss the way that this version of Amari Rodgers did. Right. And how confident he was going down the sidelines. Amari Rodgers has played football his entire life. He's known Randall Cobb since he was nine. His dad is T. Martin. This guy wants it. He wants to prove that he was a good third-round pick, and the Packers were justified in going up to trade for him. I love everything I saw from him, but this is a game of consistency. Yeah. And he needs to come out of the gates in this matchup against the Saints and continue to build on that, like all these young receivers do. Samari Toure talked about it too. That 50-yard catch is fantastic. That's a good feather in your cap to have right now. But if you don't keep doing that or you start dropping passes, everybody forgets about that. Yeah. And, I, and that's really what I go back to with these receivers and Rodgers. Great start with, with what they were able to accomplish in spurts in San Francisco. Can you carry it over now here at Lambeau Field? Yeah, absolutely. We hear it a lot in this league. Anybody can do something once, right? Then the question is always, can you do it again? And that, that's, that's what separates the guys who belong in this league from the guys who are just going to flash and eventually, uh, and eventually go on their way and disappear. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. On the defensive side, I think we mentioned him a little bit on our last show, Kingsley Enigbari. Um... We, what we've seen what we've seen over the last week this is a young man a fifth round draft pick out of South Carolina I don't know if we hardly talked about him at all during OTAs you know mini camp during the spring and even in the opening days the opening week week and a half of training camp we didn't really see much he just you know yeah. not to say that he was doing anything wrong but he just wasn't doing anything to get noticed well the last week, I mean, starting with that game in San Francisco Friday night, this this guy is a, he's established himself as a daily presence on the practice field now, and I should also say the preseason field. He got he got the sack in the game on Friday night. Then on Sunday, he was single-handedly wrecking the two-minute drill for the number one offense with the pressure that he was getting off the edge. Um, he was a steady presence in these two days of joint practices against the Saints. Um, had a, a fair amount of reps against a number one draft. Uh, I shouldn't say number one, but first round yeah. draft pick in uh, in Trevor Penning at at offensive tackle for the Saints. And uh, and quite frankly, no question about it, clearly got the better of that of uh, of that matchup on a consistent basis, going against a first rounder. And now it's like, all right, he's heading out there for uh, for his second preseason game now. It's exciting to think 
of what the Packers might have here if he continues on this trajectory because we've talked about how it is so wide open at edge rusher, mm-hmm. outside linebacker after the two starters, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. What else do the Packers have? Who can they put in there to give those starters a breather to develop some kind of a some kind of a rotation? And we saw Randy Ramsey get released earlier this week in uh, in the first cut down to 85. So that's another guy at that position now who's gone. The the door is wide open for Enigbari here, who's known as JJ to everybody. That's uh that's his nickname amongst his teammates and and whatnot. If if JJ can keep this going, what we've seen over the last week, the Packers are going to feel a lot better about what they have behind their two starters on the edges. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because I saw Matt LaFleur brought up the JJ thing, and I've always had the same maxim since the very beginning I've started covering this team. Whatever the guy's name says on the roster page, that's what I call him. <laughs> I don't mix and match it. It's Kingsley to me, but kudos. I, I like the JJ the Jet or whatever that was. Yeah, the, the JJ show that the Jet from. Plane. That's the, um, the old kid's show. That's where he got his nickname, apparently. But this is a guy at a position where the Packers wanted players to step up who really has emerged. And if you look at it, Mike, Whitney Merciless, he's cooking now. I mean, he's, he's not coming back through that door. Uh, they've needed a number three guy really in that role now with, you know, Zadarius Smith is gone. Obviously, we saw what Kyler Fackrell did in that role and the ways they used him back in 2019. They, this number three outside linebacker will play. Uh, they'll have to play. You can't play Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary every down as much as you want to. <laughs> yeah. And I think seeing him, Bill Huber from SI said it, and I agree with him. I mean, Kingsley and Igbari, although I don't think he was really ever in jeopardy of not making the team, he did make the team within like four days of practice. Yeah. I mean, it, he has made it undeniable. Yeah, and he is. He he has very very quickly in a, in a short period of time, and with with this this burst of multiple days, multiple practices, has shown that he belongs in the NFL. Yeah. This is a, this is a this is a young guy who belongs, and he's going to be here on this Packers. Team. And he hit the trifecta. He practiced well against his own team. He carried it into the game against the 49ers. In whatever momentum, confidence, whatever you want to call it. He just came right back against the Saints and put it to work. When I was talking about all the pressure that was getting generated, you were right. Enigbari was a big part of that. Yeah. So the, the other side of it, too, if I may really quickly before we move on, I, I just want to give a quick mention as well to Jack Heflin. I wrote about him this week on yeah. Packers.com. Heflin really reminds me of the J. Roan Elliott's. Uh, some of these guys that are the, the undrafted college free agent types that – you know, there might be more talented people at his position. As he says, he, he understands how high the, the, the ceiling is. He's trying to raise up the floor. That's his goal when he's on the field. But when he's in games, the guy finds ways to win consistently. Last year, he led the Packers in quarterback knockdowns. This year, he comes out of the gate and he sets the tone against the run. He, there's these guys, Mike, every year. I talked about it with Rico Gafford a little bit earlier this month, too. Guys that just want it. Not saying they want it more. I'm not trying to compare anything. But Jack Heflin is putting every single thing he has into this camp because he knows nothing is guaranteed. He can play out of his mind and maybe still not make the team with how deep that position is. But he's not going to leave anything up in the air. Yeah. He's going to leave it out all on the field. Yeah, when, when these you're talking about you know guys like Heflin and what they do over the course of multiple preseason games. We saw it last year. That's why he made the team. He's trying to do the same thing. And for a guy, you know, it's a guy who's trying to carve out a role to where 
you know, maybe he gets a handful of snaps a game in the regular season to spell some of these guys yep. who were in front of him. Well, he's going to play 25 or 30 or 35 snaps in a preseason game. Um, the, the, the opportunity that he has to show what he can do is, is not lost on him. And, and his, his relentlessness when, quite frankly, he had to be dog-tired in the fourth quarter of uh, of that game last Friday night in San Francisco and how he just he kept coming after San Francisco's offensive front. That's the kind of thing that stands out on film to the coaches. That's the kind of thing that gets you noticed. And uh and yeah, he's another one of these guys that made an impression in that first preseason game. Can he do it again? And but his situation is a little bit different than that. He's been through this before, right? He's been through this before, and he's made the team. He's trying to do it again in actually more difficult circumstances because of a first-round pick at the position and a free agent. You know, I'm talking about Devontae Wyatt, and then a free agent brought in at his position in Jaron Reed. He's still trying to fight to uh, um, to make the squad. So, yeah, he's definitely another guy to keep an eye on. Um, last thing before we go, anybody else that jumps out to you that your eyeballs are going to be on from the press box at Lambeau Friday? Yeah, I said it during our Packers pregame radio. I'm going to keep saying it now. It's Jack Coco, um, who was the backup long snapper, really, uh, when you look at it, what he was doing in Georgia uh, Tech uh, that transitioned over to tight end once he got a you know a scholarship. Jack Coco is the only long snapper on this roster right now. And I know that's a very small thing. It's not, it's not, you know, a receiver or running back, but that's a critical position for the special teams unit that's trying to get renovated. And he has no competition in the building at the moment. This is, I, I can't think of a more golden opportunity for a guy that never actually was a long snapper in terms of the punts in college, was only the short snapper uh, on some of the field goals for three years. This guy is someone that, you know, Byron Storer, the Packers assistant special teams coach, had kind of found Rich Bisaccia like. They brought him in on a tryout. He makes the team as a tryout player, gets that contract. Steven Wardle was released a week ago. Now, he's competing against every long snapper in the league right now <laughs> yeah. once you get down to the end of camp. But right. this is for a guy that who knows what was going to happen if Green Bay doesn't call for him. This is this is a golden ticket in the candy bar. So I just, I thought last week he, he had a good solid performance and realistically, I mean, these next two weeks are probably as critical of anybody on the roster for him to show what he could do in these preseason settings. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely another guy to watch. And once you start talking about candy bars, it's time to, time and to end Coco. the show. So yeah. And Coco, we're going to call <laughs> it a wrap on this edition of Packers unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team training camp, Friday night's preseason game. We're going to have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. 
What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 